This is What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. Welcome to another episode at What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. I'm Mike Berland, Senior Partner at Penta. And today I'm joined by Jonathan Adeshek, Chief Communications Officer and SVP Marketing and Communications at IBM. Jonathan, Chief Communications Officer and Marketing and Communications at SBM. Pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm really fortunate to be here. I'm fortunate to be with you today, Mike. Thanks for having me. And I'm fortunate to be at IBM. It's a a great company, do amazing things, and um, uh, work with great uh, teammates around the world. Um, and I love this opportunity. I'm a lucky guy. You know, we can feel the momentum uh, of IBM, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about there about IBM has been sort of cycles, but you can see this great sort of a huge mass, and the velocity is just taking off. So I'm gonna want to talk to you a little bit about that. But before we do that, you have a fascinating background, right? You didn't take a traditional sort of steps to this role. So can you tell us a little about yourself and your career and go into politics? Because we share that. We were both in the in uh, in the Clinton White House. Yeah, you know, I've like my time here, I've had I've been lucky. I've had some great opportunities throughout my career. Um, as you mentioned, I really started in, in politics, um, started in the Clinton reelect in 96, low man on the totem pole in Wisconsin, and then moved to DC and spent time in the the White House at Treasury, um, learned a lot there, left for a little bit, and then came back and worked with John Kerry when he was um, running for president. And it's really been a great place for me to learn um, for what I'm doing today, because the way I look at everything we're doing now, whether it's communications or marketing, it's all about campaign. It's all with that political mindset. And now my candidate that I'm trying to run a campaign for is IBM. Um, and my voters, they vote with their dollars and they vote when they decide to uh, use our products and our services every day. So it's a it's a little different approach instead, instead of getting somebody to the polling booth once. Um, but it's it's taught me a ton, politics has. Well, so I was, um, as you might know, uh, part of the polling team on the Clinton uh, 96 with Mark Penn. And you know, people think that Clinton was such a landslide victor in '96, but it wasn't so clear, right? Bob Dole had had been doing well until there was that point when they shut down the government. Tell me about Wisconsin. Take me back to Wisconsin in 1996, because we're still talking about Wisconsin as a key state now. What were you doing there? What was it like? You know, it was it was a key state back in '96. It was a close one. It was important for us. Um, to win, as you know, um, what was I doing? Like I yeah. said, I was the low man on the totem pole. I was fortunate. I worked for a woman named Teresa Vilmain, who is one of the best. I worked for her in Iowa. I know Teresa. She's she's like the pro of a pro. She is she is the pro of a pro. One of the best political minds I've ever um, come across, and and just a great mentor and teacher. And to have Teresa as my first you know, boss in, 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 uh, out in D in Wisconsin was just amazing. And, you know, it was a lot of the simple stuff, getting calls together and reporting back to headquarters and, you know, doing all the various things that a field organizer does. And what were, okay. Not that I can remember each state, but what was the result? How'd you guys do in Wisconsin? We won, but I do not remember what the spread was. Still an impressive victory. I don't think that people realize how important Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota 
have been for the for the key of the Democrats and ultimately their demise when they when those states have sort of been flipping back and forth. You know, I'm originally from Wisconsin and I say I you know, people ask me where I'm from and I, I will always say the center of the universe, which is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, you know, it's important things happen there, not just happy days in Laverne and Shirley. I went to Camp Kawaga in Minocqua. So like I am full of I'm full of Wisconsin history. Camp Eagle, Camp Interlocking in Eagle River. So oh. I know exactly where you were. Okay. Yeah, but we didn't play you. We played Menominee. We played Ojibwa. Yeah, we didn't do too many uh, intercamp sports. <laughs> All right. Back to the podcast, though. Um, you have a pretty unique role at IBM, overseeing joint marketing and, and the communications team. How has how that structured really shaped your experience? And what I find so unusual is I think of IBM as this marketing machine, like no pun intended, out there with Watson and sports and what have you. How have you sort of brought that together? Yeah, you know, um, I joined the company. And when I joined the company, it was just to, to lead communications. I say just. It's a, a big job and a you know job I was really honored to have and still am. Um, and about a year ago, last last January, so January of 22, um, Arvind Krishna, our CEO, asked me to take on marketing as well. And, you know, he said to me, there's a lot of synergies between what's happening in marketing and what's happening in communications. And at the end of the day, you're really trying to get our story across. You're just pulling different levers. So I think that, you know, the transformation that you've made in marketing, meaning communications, I'd like you to focus on that and see if you can do the same thing in in, in marketing. Um, and at first, I had two separate teams, so a marketing team and a communications team. And he did not give me a mandate to merge the two. He gave me a mandate <laughs> to run the two. Great. Now, let's just more direct reports. Exactly. Um, but in January of this year, we rolled it out and announced it in November of last year. But in January of this year, we actually merged the two functions um, and got our work much more focused. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say you see the momentum building for us. Um, yeah. We feel like we're making some progress. We still have a long way to go. But I think a big part of that is getting us more focused on what we do, also what we don't do, and telling people exactly what we do and trying to explain it more specifically. I was talking with somebody and they said, you know, IBM is the rails. It's not the locomotive. It's not the engineer. It's not the cars. It's the rails. And it keeps a lot of businesses, government, critical infrastructure functioning. And not everybody understands that and understands what we do. So we have to take the time and be more focused and more explicit in what we do. It's something we're, we're working on today. Right. And and explain what IBM does and having communications and marketing together seems so obvious. And yet in so many other companies, it's a struggle. Like the, the CMO will own brand and the CCO will own comms and and they, they work together. I'm not saying there's an adversary relationship, but they're not aligned. Alignment under your position, that must give you just tremendous synergies to, you know, to do two things at once and get maximum effort of the brand. I mean, come on, Mike, let's be realistic. Most places, there's a bit of an adversarial relationship um, between comms and marketing. Um, there's a bit of, I would say, the, the comms 
team in many places that I have been or talked to, um, not as the head, but, you know, that I've worked in or had as clients, people are like, well, wait, I need more money. I need more money because marketing is always the one that has a bigger budget, usually exponentially bigger, that has a seat more often than not at the table and comms is coming along later. So, you know, it is a place, though, that what I said to the team here was, if we work together, we get exponentially better. Um, and we've seen some of those results happen inside the company. Um, and we just had, you know, our Watson X announcement. And that was done with a full view of marketing and communications coming together, for example, and pushing together on, a, on cohesive plans and being aligned on how we talk about it, what we're talking about, and who we're talking about it to. Because then we're not stepping on each other. We're not competing for the same airtime and we're not telling disparate messages. So it is a, a, a natural combination, if you ask me, especially in this company, because we're trying to be so much more focused than we were in the past. Right. And you've been on the other side, right? When you were, I mean, look, we I think we over I think we missed each other at Edelman. But when you were at Nissan, right, you were on the other side of that coin, right? You were at you were doing the comms and the market and you didn't have the marketing. Yep. And what was missing there? You know, it, it was an interesting place because the at Nissan, at Nissan's a great company, uh, and I was really fortunate to work there. And there was a great CMO while I was there, a guy named Rule DeVries, yeah. who was really one of the most talented CMOs I've ever Epic CMO, epic CMO. Yeah, he's great. Um, and Rule, you know, when you really, you touched on it before, Rule was looking at the brand. I was looking at the reputation. Right. Right. And they are interconnected, but they're they're separate. And you think you have to think about them a little bit differently. Right. But if you really think about them together, I think every company gets so much more impact when they do that. Because you have a crappy reputation, your brand's gonna suffer. You have a crappy brand, your reputation's gonna suffer. Yeah. And I'm wondering if more companies could 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 have that sort of vision of putting reputation and brand together. They're not different in the eyes of the target. They're different in the structure of the organization. And that might be such a big miss is like getting the org chart to align to what are the messages that you want to get out there and, and what are the messages that you get received. Do you see more of a possibility uh, for people like you to combine the roles or do you see it as um, uh, we've got a, we've got more steps to take? I think that more and more companies are probably going to lean into this combination right? Um, because, you know, your your clients, or your customers really don't care about how you're organized. Right. They see you as one company and they want it to be easier. That's what we're seeing. Uh, stakeholders are no longer and targets, whatever, are not able to divide them to separate your communication from your employees, your customers, your investors. They, everybody has access to everything. Even if even if we wanted to, to sort of target, we can't. Uh, you know, it all comes together. Everybody has equal access. That's yep. that's certainly what we're seeing in, in in our world. I agree with you 100. percent There's more access to data, more access to information than ever before. It's continuing to change, and you know, people are more easily distracted with that additional sources out there. So you know, you got to get aligned and make a one cohesive effort forward is where I would say. Yeah, um, uh, messages don't stay in their lane. 
right? Oh. The, the messages are, are just are just bleeding all over the place and 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 going all around. I want to switch gears uh, a little bit. You know, I woke up this morning and, and probably like you, just sort of absorb everything that's coming from every possible um, uh, online source, traditional media, what have you. And all I got hit was with 10 versions of AI, <laughs> like AI, 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 you know, um, uh, what's going on with Israel AI, what's going on with USAI, people who are saying that AI is going to kill, is going to destroy us all, AI is going to be the best thing. What's your point of view on where uh, AI fits in, in, in your world? I don't want you, you don't have to give me IBM strategy, um, but, but what, how does it fit into, uh, into your tool uh, bag? And how are you dealing with things? You know, it is a important tool for me in what we're doing. Um, if I look at something like content creation for advertising um, and for the marketing work we do, tools like um, Firefly by Adobe, um, we actually used it to create some some content for our um, new ads that we launched right around the masters. And the ability for us to get a thousand images to choose from in a matter of moments versus a matter of hours or days, and then quickly sort through them and you know tweak them and get them ready to go, totally changed the game for us. But then again, at the same point, it's not just about those image creations. I'm looking at how do we automate and use AI in social? How do we use it in content creation? How do we use it in our events? How do I use it in the operations across um, the, the organization that I've got overall? So AI is a fun, going to be a fundamental tool that is going to continue to improve um, how we do our work. It is not going to replace people. It is going to augment people and give people opportunities to, I think, build new muscles and expand their uh, areas where they work. So AI really unlocks some potential and unlocks, unlocks opportunities for you guys to do more, go through more, target better. AI, AI, is, AI is a plus. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, targeting alone is going to be huge for us on targeting. Penta is the world's first comprehensive stakeholder solutions firm. We are a one-stop shop for the intelligence and strategy leaders need to assess a company's reputation and make decisions that improve their positioning. As executives in the C-suite must account for a growing set of engaged stakeholders, all with distinct, fast-changing demands, Penta provides real-time intelligence and strategy solutions. We work with clients solving complex global challenges across a variety of industries. Our clients span technology, financial services, energy, healthcare, and more. To learn more about how Penta can support your company, check out our website at pentagroup.co, our Twitter at pentagrp, or find us on LinkedIn at pentagroup. Switching gears again, you guys are deep into um, sports and entertainment sponsorships. How are those really supporting your communications and marketing efforts and, and bringing it all together? Because 
I mean, sports is the connective tissue that is so relatable and we can all work with it. And, and IBM is certainly out there with Watson and what have you um, leading the way. How does that all work for you? Yeah, you know, I'm fortunate I came into an organization that has some really great um, relationships in sports um, and the the sponsorship side of things. And it's more than sports. We also do the Grammys. I mean, we do the Grammys, we do the Masters, we do Wimbledon, the US Open. Those are our major sponsorships. And it's important for us to not just be a sponsor who is on a billboard or on a jersey patch or whatever it might be. Our focus is to really be a partner with those who we sponsor. Right. Um, and have those relationships. So it's about how does our technology help enhance the experience of the viewer and or the participant is what we're where we really focus our efforts. I mean, look, I mean, you guys are extremely memorable at the U.S. Open and the Masters. I mean, every every everything is 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 and, and it's great because um, at, at some point you become part of it. Rather than a sponsor, like I don't, you don't know those lines, and because you're so integral to the, to the to the experience as a fan, as a sponsor, as a probably as a player and a participant. I mean, there is it's not just it's it's not 1990s, you know, slap the logo out there and, and make it loud and proud, right? Yeah, it's, it's very different. So uh, you know, I I love to hear you saying that about us, and I appreciate it. You know, the perfect example is there's a there are a couple of examples I give. There's um last year one of the golfers at the Masters said he takes the Masters app, which we do. And one of the things we introduced last year was, you know, that we've introduced, I think it was last year, maybe it was earlier, was shot by shot. And you could do yes. a round in under three minutes, right? And you can watch every player shot. So this player would go home every night and they would see where they were playing their shots for, for a certain hole. And then they would look on the master's app, which we do and see where their competition were playing those same holes and how they were shooting to understand how they could play against their competition, what was working and what wasn't for the next day, where should they be hitting? Where shouldn't they? So that's a big one. Um, We, with, with, um, the U.S. Open a couple of years ago, two years ago, right at the end of COVID, we were watching what was going on with the women's tournament. And Ash Barty was a fabulous player going in that tournament. But we were watching structured and unstructured data for them and making predictions as part of our engagement there. And unstructured data showed us that Ash Barty was a huge homebody and loved to be at home in Australia with her family and friends. She left in, I want to say it was February, and hadn't been home back to Australia since that time. And this tournament was the last thing between her and getting back to Australia. Right. And we, using unstructured data and looking at how she had been playing recently, said, we think she's a little tired. (laughs) But we also, we thought the unstructured data said, we think her head is already starting to get her to Australia. We don't think she's going to go as deep as she potentially could if she had been able to go back and forth. Right. And in fact, she lost early in the tournament. You're making such an interesting point. For those of us, and let's see if I get it right. Unstructured data is sort of data that you pick up that's not necessarily 
in a format, but you analyze it and get a conclusion. Whereas structured data is sort of expected data, how fast they hit the serve, how much they hit things down, things that are expected. And I've made a career out of analyzing unstructured data because that usually gives you the why. You know, yeah. the structured data usually gives you the what, the unstructured data usually gives you the why. And 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 the fact that you, you're able to bring that together and get conclusions like that, which are, I mean, I think that's where IBM is playing. Like, is like not just telling you what the expected, but giving you the unexpected. That's That seems to me to be a lot of what customers, clients, fans are, are interested in. All that data that we could never analyze and you're analyzing it. It is, and it's, you know, I mentioned Watson X earlier. That's really what we're doing with Watson X, but we're doing it for clients. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're enabling clients to either train a model from scratch, an AI model from scratch, or tune an existing model that one that we've brought to the table, or one that working with people, um, organizations like PyTorch and Hugging Face that get open source models. And there are thousands of open source models. You could you could tune one of those models, but you tune it on your data. And what we're what we're doing is creating an AI that will answer the questions, get the insights you need based on your data and your 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 set, because it needs a level of accuracy that you can't afford to be 60% of the time right or 80% of the time right. And the benefit also is that if auto company A comes to us and says, we want to do Watson X with our data, and auto company B comes to us and says the same thing, the training, the tuning that happens for auto company A does not benefit auto company B and vice versa. This is training and tuning that happens for you and for your data and your organization. So it's very different. So Watson X is providing your clients with proprietary or bespoke solutions based on their data that will help optimize their operations without having to put on a false track by you know, industry data or all the data. So Watson X is a much more focused product. Yep, that's exactly right. And then, and, and so launching a product like Mar, Mar, uh, Watson X into the marketplace, the, the clarity across all the different uh, stakeholders, uh, for the employees to understand, for the investors to get it, for the clients to to to, to want to have it. Are you, are you seeing those synergies? We're definitely seeing the synergies. We're definitely seeing the synergies more and more um, across businesses, across organizations. Great. All right. I have some quick rapid fire questions for you, and then you're yep. off, off the hook. Um, three words. How would you describe your leadership style? Um, Transparent, inclusive servant. What do you love most about your job? Three words. People, 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 people. Uh, who's your favorite band and what's the last concert you went to? Favorite band would be the Grateful Dead. Last concert I went to was Fish at the uh, Hollywood Bowl on April 21st. Oh, I'm completely, I was going to use it. I'm completely jealous. Are you going to Citibank? Are you going to see Dead & Company? Uh, I, I won't be here. I'm going to go to Philly and see him. I'm seeing him in Philly. And then I won at an auction, two tickets, two VIP tickets to their last show in San Francisco. Wait, I won at an auction. How do you win at an auction by bidding? I put it, I put the lowest bid in and, uh, I was, I won. I won the two tickets and a, uh, autographed Bob Weir guitar. Oh my God. Very excited. Have you seen Bob Weir on TikTok? 
he's on TikTok doing his exercise videos, comparing himself to John Mayer. I'm a I'm a, a dead fan as well. He's a, he's have, a funny guy on TikTok. I have not seen him on TikTok. I'll have to check him out. I do see the video, the exercise videos, and go. God, I got to get myself in shape. He's he no, he's doing massive videos. Um, yeah. Okay. Last question. Uh, what is one thing you want? people to walk away understanding about the tech industry and where IBM is? The tech industry, that that it's going to complement what people are doing, not replace what people are doing. Um, and where IBM is, is that we've got a great open solution for hybrid cloud and for AI, both fronts, um, that really are going to change companies and what companies and organizations are doing and able to do um, moving forward. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on What's at Stake today. You sponsor four events that I'm happy to get tickets to uh, whenever you have a space available. For more episodes of What's at Stake, subscribe to the Penta Podcast channel wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at PentaGRP or on our website at pentagroup.co. No M on CO. I'm Mike Berland, and as always, thank you for listening to What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. Thank you for listening to What's at Stake, a podcast produced by Penta. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at PentaGRP and follow us on the web at penta.co.